Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community at my rock bottom where, you know, I was sitting in a gastroenterologist's office, went through like the most specific person that I could go to and being told that there was nothing wrong and that I should mm-hmm. just take like uh, acid suppressors, Antac or whatever it was. And it just wasn't the answer for me. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a health and mindset coach for women with autoimmune disease just like you. I absolutely love helping you tap into your self-healing power, uncover the energetic side of healing, and release limiting beliefs around your body and your life. Think of this podcast as everything you wouldn't hear at your doctor's office. It's a place for empowered souls to move beyond food and heal themselves on a soul level. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now let's begin. Welcome to today's episode. I'm super excited to have spiritual nutritionist Amy Pomensky on the show today. Amy helps busy women experience thriving health and happiness. She's also a holistic nutritionist and eating psychology coach who specializes in helping women to stop the battle with food and love their bodies. In today's episode, you'll hear Amy and I discuss self-love, the importance of mindset, Amy's personal healing story, and how important it is to have self-care as an entrepreneur. I know you guys are going to love this conversation, so let's get started. Welcome to the show, Amy. I would love for the audience to get to know you better. So can you share a little bit about yourself and how you were inspired to become a holistic nutritionist and eating psychology coach? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. 
So um, my inspiration to be where I'm at today with my career and the work that I do in the world really comes from my own experience. A lot of times, you know, I really feel that our purpose can come from many different places. And one of those can be from our pain and the experiences that we go through personally. So um, the reason why I do what I do is because many of the things that I teach are things that I've experienced myself and then been really inspired to go and learn deeper so that I can support others on their journey. So my journey into nutrition started due to my own digestive issues. I had a lot of food sensitivities. I had skin issues like eczema and really found myself struggling with not finding the answers in Western medicine and feeling frustrated about what direction to go. And I was at a point where at my rock bottom where, you know, I was sitting in a gastroenterologist's office, went to like the most specific person that I could go to and being told that there was nothing wrong and that I should just take like uh, acid suppressors, Antac, or whatever it was. And it just wasn't the answer for me. And at that point, I was curled up in the afternoons with like in a ball because my stomach hurt so bad after I ate. And it was starting to affect my social life and, and a lot of things in my life too. So mm-hmm. um, I, I decided to take things in my own, ha- my own hands and went kind of the alternative route. I sought out a nutritionist who um, really supported me and understanding that what's healthy for one person isn't always healthy for another person and how customized we can get with nutrition. Mm -hmm. And once I started really getting that food can be medicine, it can be really nourishing and having the tools to be able to do that was really powerful. So I set off, I started studying, I became a natural chef was the first place I started, which was really amazing getting to know, understand the properties of foods and really getting into flavors and understanding how food affects the body. And I got a lot better. I got significantly better. I did a lot of alternative medicine practices and I became a nutritionist, a clinical nutritionist, and started working with women who struggled with similar things, low energy, digestive issues, difficulty losing weight, hormone imbalances, autoimmunity, Mm -hmm. all the things. And what I found was that even though I had my own business, even though I had a lot of things on paper that looked great, I still found there was a piece of me that was still unhappy Mm -hmm. and found that even though my digestion had gotten better, significantly better, there was still something missing. So I would notice that when I would go out of town on vacation, I would have no digestive symptoms. My blood sugar would be better. I didn't respond to foods as much. But then when I'd come back, a lot of the symptoms would return. Mm. And I started to realize there's a huge mind-body component in my stress levels and noticed that my clients, even when they were losing weight or feeling better, there was still something missing. And that's when I really started to dive into what I'm most passionate about now is mindset Mm -hmm. and how our thoughts influence our physical body and our health. Absolutely. And I I saw on your website that you with your clients, you work 80% on the mindset and 20% on the nutrition. So can you go into a little bit about like why you take that approach and even some of your own maybe personal mindset struggles and then shifts? Like what have you overcome? What has changed that allowed you to truly heal your mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would love to dive into that. 
I teach 80% mindset, 20% nutrition because all of our food, all of our behaviors in life that we have are influenced by our thoughts, which are influenced by our beliefs. And even if we have the perfect information to make the dietary changes, it doesn't mean that we're going to stick with them. And also it doesn't actually change the root of why we're making those choices in the first place. So especially when you start to get really restrictive for health reasons or because you want to lose weight or because you have to be on a restrictive diet, it can often backfire and it makes us want those foods more or we feel depressed or deprived and whatever it is and we can't follow the, the guidelines that are given to us. So our mindset really influences every action that we take. It influences us physiologically on a stress level and that influences our immune system, our digestion, and pretty much everything, our hormones, et cetera. So our mind's really, really powerful. And I started to understand mindset because I was pretty much living a life that going through the motions, kind of just going with the flow on autopilot. And while on the outside, my life looked great. I was married. I owned a house. I you know, was making good money. I had my own business. I had a freedom lifestyle in, in a lot of ways. And inside, I was really unhappy. My soul was really struggling. I was feeling really depressed. I was you know, really questioning, why am I not happy? I have everything that I should want or that I think I should want, and I'm just not happy. Mm-hmm. started going to seminars, started to do meditation, started to really understand that the thoughts that I was having on a daily basis, limiting beliefs, things that were holding me back, self-doubt, low self-love, um, conversations about people pleasing, wanting everyone else to be happy with me, were really keeping me stuck in a place of living a life that didn't, didn't bring me joy. It wasn't aligned with who I, my authentic self. Yeah. So started to do some meditation practices, started to connect with what was actually coming up for me. What did I really, really want? What, what type of life did I want to create for myself? And realized that the life that I was living was not aligned with that. And I made a huge leap. I it, it struggled with it for a long time and eventually got to a space where I was so clear on the, the understanding that I was the only person who could make myself happy. Like that yeah. no one else could do it for me and understanding that that was possible, that we could reprogram our mind. Mm-hmm. And I ended up leaving my marriage. I created a whole, you know, I left a lot behind and um, really created a, a life that is much more aligned with my truth, with my purpose and surround myself with people who are also in that space, who are positive and supportive and inspiring and, you know, very forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I just think that that you have a very powerful story and one that I think many women will be able to relate to. So when people do come to work with you either one-on-one or in your group programs or in person, do you see any common themes, like any sort of common limiting beliefs that that they're experiencing? Each person obviously is totally unique and individual, but uh, any common themes you see there? Yeah, there's a couple really big ones. The first one is the not good enough story. Yeah. And (laughs) raising my hand over here. Right right here too. (laughs) Yeah, that was a huge story in in my world. Not good enough, not feeling worthy. And these beliefs come a lot and are really really supported by our environment. 
Mm-hmm. So we're in a very competitive environment. We grow up feeling very separate, feeling like we have to live up to certain standards. That's the way that we are in the Western world is, you know, it's all about our accomplishments and what we do and um, how much money we make and, and how much, you know, what type of relationship we're in or not in. And we're really based on results and not the journey of what did I learn here or, you know, focusing on the small wins and all of those things are are really so important. And when we don't feel good enough, there's a lot of self beat up. So, and there's a lot of comparison. The comparison is a huge one that creates the not good enough feeling. Mm -hmm. The truth is, is that there, the not good enough marker is so not tangible. It's like, we all are, we all have unique gifts. We all have something to offer. We're all doing the best that we can given the knowledge that we have, given the awareness that we have. And we get to really celebrate ourselves and love ourselves for it, for that and stop comparing ourselves to how we think we should be or how other people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. Just not feeling good enough. And then you get into this spiral of comparison as well, like comparisonitis, right? And uh, this constant like desire of like, more than what you are, what you have. And it really, I've found, takes a lot of of mind and body awareness to get out of that uh, really destructive cycle and realize that I'm enough as I am. Like, I'm a perfectly imperfect human freaking being. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other, the other story that I see a lot of people in is what we call victim mentality. And it's kind of a powerful, strong word. It's very powerful. And what victim mentality means is that we feel that we don't actually have control over our circumstances. Mm -hmm. So it's a very fear-based mentality about that, you know, we blame other people, we blame our body, we blame food, we blame people who are doing well, we blame other people for all our problems or the world. And we don't take ownership for what's for our own reality. And the opposite of victim mentality is taking 100% full responsibility. Mm-hmm. So full responsibility for our emotions. So no one can make us angry. No one can piss us off. No one can hurt us unless we allow it to. Mm-hmm. And really getting into 100% ownership. If you're not happy, there's a few different options. You can choose to, you know, if it's a relationship or it's a job or it's, you know, with, a, with the way that you're eating, it's either you can choose to stay where you are and feel frustrated about it and blame everyone else, or you can choose to stay and change your perspective on it. See, what can I learn from this? What are, what are the things that are going well? Or you can choose to leave. But sitting in the first option is victim mentality is I don't have control. And we cause ourselves a lot of pain around that. So it comes down to awareness and it comes down to a choice of knowing that we create our own reality. Absolutely. I see that uh, as a common theme within the chronic illness community and one that I can personally relate to as well, which is that all of a sudden you leave the doctor's office one day and you leave with a new label and it's this, this disease and it's a chronic disease. It's not one necessarily that can be cured or you may 
you know, feel the effects of it for the rest of your life. And I think many of us can leave that doctor's office going, wow, I feel like a victim. I feel like this, this diagnosis is a, a death sentence uh, and really, really get inside of our heads about, about it and um, start to lose some hope around it as well. Uh, and I know that in my own personal experience of, of healing chronic illness and emphasis on the word healing, like th a lot of healing has happened. Uh, there's, I still experience symptoms sometimes, but like, so it's, if I had left that doctor's office, you know, every time I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, cause I have multiple and, and let myself be the victim to that, then I would never be where I am today. I, I, I wouldn't have sought out the solutions and empowered myself with those tools to heal. So while it's a common theme, I think it's also something that if we choose not to fall into that victimhood, that we can really, really heal on a deep soul level, um, specifically with chronic illness. But again, at the same time, it's so easy to fall into that trap because you do leave the, you leave the office with a, a label. And mm -hmm. that, that can feel really heavy and really scary for people as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so real. And when we talk about this, you know, it's okay to feel frustrated or to feel upset or to feel angry. That doesn't mean that you're in victim mentality, but mm -hmm. victim mentality is like why the, the thoughts like, why is this happening to me? There's nothing I can do about this. I have no control over this. Mm -hmm. And um, we can't heal from that space because it's not an empowered space to heal from. Right. So when we come from a space as why is this happening for me? Is it asking me to slow down? In a lot of cases in autoimmunity, it's letting us know that we're not managing stress well. Yeah. It's letting us know that we're really disconnected from our soul and our soul purpose. Mm. It's letting us know that, hey, I get to speak nicely to myself. I get to be nicer to myself. Mm. And I'm not sure how much you've talked about this on your podcast, but when we're talking about mind and body for autoimmunity, a lot of autoimmunity is about self-attack. It's about self-criticism. It's about the thoughts that we have against ourselves. So the body is attacking itself, right? The immune system is attacking it, the body, whatever part it is, whether it's the thyroid or the joints. And the food triggers it, of course. It contributes to that. But a lot of times the stressor, the mental stressor can come from being really hard on ourselves, not being nice to ourselves, constantly telling ourselves we're not enough. Mm -hmm. We're attacking ourselves, who we are. Yeah. Yeah. There's deeper emotional roots to why we're experiencing these physical symptoms. Like I am 150% on board of that. And I think it's the part of the conversation that gets left out most is just this mind-body connection, like you said. And in the beginning, you were saying that you really derived purpose from your pain. And I think that that is kind of the opposite of the victimhood for those who are listening who do struggle with chronic illness is instead of falling victim to this and letting it label you, how can you learn from it? Let it be your teacher, turn it into that pain into purpose to inspire your life or, um, help other women like both of us have found these these careers because of our own pains so there's so much you can recycle that pain into to be like this beautiful flower <laughs> mm -hmm. so 
I know you also speak a little bit about self-love and I think this is really related to is, is that the opposite of self-attack. Like you said, some of the emotional uh, roots of, of chronic illness or autoimmune disease and the immune systems attacking healthy cells in the body is this self-criticism and judgment. So the, the opposite of that is this deep sense of self-love and acceptance. So what is, this is, I think everyone answers this question a little different, but what does self-love mean to you? Yeah. Self-love means to me, unconditional love, loving ourselves, even for the parts, our light and our dark. So not just loving ourselves for the things that we do well, or that we're proud of ourselves for also really embracing the side of us, maybe the things that we don't love the most about ourselves, whether we're judgmental or whether we are reactive or whatever it is, our ego, our shadow side, and knowing that we're human and that as humans, we have both. And that our inner child, when we're critical of these things that we don't like about ourselves, we are harming that inner child, that inner being. And when we can have compassion for ourselves, which doesn't mean that we're saying it's okay, I'm not going to change it. But when we have compassion for ourselves in that space of the things that we don't love about ourselves, it allows us to change it or to work on it. Mm -hmm. But if we are constantly being frustrated with ourselves, I used to be very reactive and very judgmental and it would make me feel really bad. Then I'd be hard on myself for, for being that way. Mm -hmm. And that was even more toxic than being hard on myself for being that way. So for me, self-love is unconditional love. And Self-love to me is not just about saying nice things to yourself. That's the, it's the, the, the really maybe like the top, it's a great place to start mm -hmm. and noticing when you're saying something negative and changing it to a positive mantra or, you know, but self-love is really, you know, maybe it's writing yourself a love letter. Maybe it's taking yourself out on a date. Maybe it's spending time with yourself and recognizing what are the things that I do love about myself. Maybe it's nourishing your body with foods that really are going to support you in your health and happiness. Mm -hmm. There's so many, it's such a deep practice. And I think that that's the reprogramming that gets to happen in order to get out of the not good enough or to get out of the, the self-criticism like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you speak that it's it's more than one thing and also that it's the sh the the light part of us that's easy to love and also that that shadow side as well like integrating that shadow into our lightness to to love every aspect of our being. Now, a, a lot of the women listening are also uh, coaches or aspiring coaches as well and uh, I I know for me but I'm assuming probably for you too like this relationship to not only self-love but self-care as well like almost it was like it had to change when I started my business so did it change for you when you started your business as well yeah, this is awesome because I'm smiling really big right now because this is actually the, the, the direction, the program that I'm creating for the new year is really providing entrepreneurs, healers, and coaches the platform to be supported with their own health, with their own self-care. Because as givers, as, as guides, as healers, as women who are putting out work in the world, we often tend to focus on everyone else before ourselves or we get into certain patterns and habits 
and get into our comfort zone and then don't make time to have lunch or don't make time to move our bodies and we're sitting for, I don't know, eight hours a day, right? Or not getting yeah. outside. So really having that and tribe, a lot of women feel alone in their, you know, when they're running their own business and I certainly experienced that. Um, I experienced feeling alone in my business. So I totally experienced that. I'm sure I'd love, to, I'd love to hear from you how that shifted as you started your own business and, and what that looks like. But it's part of, you know, taking care of myself first so that I can give more. Yeah. Yeah. As a woman who also has multiple autoimmune diseases, chronic illness, I think that uh, there was a lot of nerves around it in the beginning of like, can I do this? Is this possible? Am I going to be able to keep up with everything despite having a chronic illness, even though chronic illness was also the thing that was inspiring me at the same time to do what I do. So it was like this inspiration. And in the beginning, it felt like a little bit like this curse. And I know now that it's certainly not a curse, uh, but instead it's like that little voice inside your head that that reminds you that you're allowed to slow down that you're allowed to take breaks and and so uh my health two years ago when i started autoimmune tribe was a lot worse actually i've made some really big strides and improvements in the past year uh with some of the root causes of why i was feeling so ill so in the beginning like that self-care was everything because i wanted to show up energized and vibrant and like inspired to to speak my truth and share my story so that meant also like laying on the couch for 20 minutes if i needed to or making myself an amazing smoothie when i needed to or just like going outside and taking a couple like deep breaths of fresh air walking my dog and not feeling guilty about it and so now that my health is a lot better, it's, I don't have to do so much of that, but I still absolutely honor those moments of just like pause in between client calls. I try not to jump from one to the other and like, I let myself just like ground and cleanse. And then I, I use, I think, do you use essential oils? I use my essential oils for yeah. my self-care like crazy. So it's like before this podcast, I put some, um, uh, in tune on. And then like before client calls, I'll put elevation on to like help raise my vibration. And so I'm constantly like just these little, little like mini rituals, like that become this beautiful sacred practice throughout my entire day. That has become so important to me as an entrepreneur, but also a woman with chronic illness. How do you use your oils mostly? Yeah, I use them really intuitively. I put on serenity before this call because I was really feeling like I wanted to just slow down, be present. Serenity is a really nice blend that has lavender. I use them really intuitively, you know, wild orange. I want to have more energy. Elevation is also really beautiful. For those of you who aren't familiar, these are blends specifically from doTERRA that mm -hmm. I love and sounds like you use doTERRA as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, balance to feel really grounded. So I use them all the time. I, you know, my clients, I have a custom blend that I love for them that I use. And it's a really beautiful way to tune into the emotional body with something so simple. It's so simple. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to comment on the way that we do business as women and the way that we work as women. And there's a huge shift happening for at least for me, I was growing up, I saw my dad working so hard and working, mm -hmm. working, working, and he was successful. And I equated 
being successful with having to work really hard. Yeah. And there's a shift that's happening with, especially with when we look at women's hormones are a lot more sensitive to men and women's stress hormones specifically is more sensitive to men, which is why we get into burnout and adrenal fatigue a lot easier, which is why we get into estrogen dominance and have more PCOS and, and, you know, a lot of, lot of different hormone imbalances. So we get to really honor our bodies and where we're at. And I would say this even for men is that there is a really false belief that in order to be successful, it's almost like this measure that we feel if we're busy and we're, we're constantly doing something that we're effective or it we're only successful and we're only moving forward if we're like killing ourselves over it, you know? Yeah. And really for me, stepping more into an intuitive space, into a feminine space with business, honoring my body. This isn't, I really love, I don't know if you're familiar with Rebecca Campbell. Love her. Amazing. If any of you haven't heard of her, her, her books are amazing. But um, I went to go see her speak when I was in London and she pulled the card for me that it said a life's work, not a season, life's work, not a season. Mm. I believe that's the card. So you know, we're, if we're going to wear ourselves out and not take care of ourselves, then it's going to be a really short-term run mm-hmm. before we get sick and then have to take time off. Yeah. So there's a feminine way to do business, an intuitive way. And for me, when I feel good, I have more creative ideas. I'm able to focus more. I can be more present. It comes from an inspired space and I can really offer my gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it sounds like you relate to being like an empath or just an intuitive spiritual human being. So I'm curious, how does how do you feel intuition in your body? Like, how does it come through to you? I think there's no surprise that because I used to have digestive issues that like my gut is my barometer. It's yeah. an inner, it's an inner knowing. It's this feeling of a definite yes, like a lightness and excitement or resistance, mm-hmm. uh, feeling, you know, I'm not sure about that. I, I, I don't know. And, and it takes tuning in. It take the more meditation that I do, the more frequent I am with meditation, I meditate daily. That's my recharge for my intuition. I'm much more in touch with what feels good for me and what doesn't feel good for me when I take that time to connect. So for me, intuition is that. I also get intuition, this may sound strange, but for me, it's through books and through people. So I'll be reading the right thing at the right time. Mm. And it just like, it sits as like a deep inner knowing. It's almost a reminder of something I already knew before. And it's, it, or, you know, someone will say something and I had just been thinking about that or asking, you know, source or universe for, for guidance on that. And Mm -hmm. it'll come into my awareness. So speaks in, in many ways for me, but physically I would say for me, it's an inner knowing and in a gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you're like so spot on too with like, no surprise, I had digestive issues. Like that might be like that sensitive barometer, that sensitive part of your body that then is like extra sensitive to intuitive downloads and hits and nudges. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's Rebecca Campbell's deck. Actually, there's a card that says, trust the niggle. Yes. And <laughs> I love that I love card. That yeah. It just, 
trusting that little, however that niggle shows up in your, in your body, in your mind, like in your energy, but trusting that and, and allowing your body to, to follow through and take action on that as well. So being an intuitive being, how do you also then protect your energy, especially like it's, what is it? November 23rd today. So we're like approaching holiday season. We're in holiday season now because Thanksgiving was yesterday. So how do you protect your energy? Mm -hmm. For me, it comes back to self-care. Mm -hmm. It comes back to making sure when I'm tired and when I'm not in alignment, I'm far more effective and th affected and thrown off by other people's energy. Yeah. And when I take that time for self-care, it's really helpful. I've done a lot of different things, cord cutting meditations. There's also a really beautiful meditation that I guide and I love is a golden bubble and creating an energetic field around you where you're, you're not allowing other people's energy to penetrate that. So setting the intention of staying present, staying grounded Mm -hmm. My breath is a huge way noticing when I'm I'm off. I, I would say for me one of even as an empath one of my Strengths or something that comes really naturally to me is staying calm mm -hmm. Even when there's a lot going on or even when Something, you know, I'm not very reactive and I would attribute that a lot to meditation Mm-hmm I'd love to hear a little bit more about the work you do too. So we talked a little bit about it being 80% mindset, but when people, you know, come seek your guidance, your support, your help, what do you typically do? Like, do you have any kind of key ways that you help people then overcome that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have a process called Fully Nourished. And we cover three different areas in the process. It's nourish your mind, nourish your body, and follow your heart. Mm -hmm. And I teach this style either one-on-one -on -one or in group settings. And I found the groups to be really, really powerful. I think a lot of women are searching for community, are feeling alone on their journey. And the, the wisdom that we learn from each other is far more than you know I can teach only on my own mm -hmm. so I teach this process and in each area we you know nourish your mind we're really digging into what is the self-talk that's happening on a daily basis what are those limiting beliefs where did they come from mm -hmm. really getting to the root of that having women really understand where their stressors are rooted and then giving specific tools to be able to navigate those stressors and to also be in an emotional intelligence space where you could have the same thing happen to you a month ago, but because you have new tools, it's not going to have as big of an effect. I have a client who is a teacher and she, this year, I worked with her last year and this year she went back to teaching and she said, she sent me a, a message saying, you know, usually at this time of year, I'm emotional eating. I am not taking care of myself. I'm super stressed out. I feel overwhelmed. And because of the tools that I gain from our work together, I feel super grounded. I feel like I'm actually the one keeping it all together. Uh, I feel like I'm able to still take care of myself and nourish my body. And that's the power of having the tools. So in the nourish your mind section, we are really working on meditation, mind body connection, and 
then in nourish your body going through like what does it look like to truly nourish your body what are the foods that are going to support you with your specific health needs what are the foods the foundations without being getting into dieting or labels or counting it's what does your body need and how can we make that realistic for you to implement that yeah beautiful so we uh, originally, you, you mentioned kind of this, the collective energy of a group being like more, even more intense too. And we connected through our mutual friend, Tori Washington, who's also been on the podcast twice, actually. Uh, and uh, so many listeners resonate and just love her energy because she's an amazing human being. Uh, but like, I know you guys are have this like sisterhood that you guys have created. So uh, if anyone's listening and wondering like, or feeling like they're they're missing that aspect of healing, like this community, this sisterhood, this tribe, this community. Like, where do they go? Where do they start? How do they find that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it really started with the work for myself. Is actually creating a vision for what I wanted, mm-hmm. uh, being really clear on what types of people I wanted to surround myself by. Really calling in sisterhood, having a intention of connecting with like-minded women who are supportive and inspiring and beautiful inside and outside, really making a difference in the world. And it started with my own self-love because I knew when I, I, this was not always the case for me. Sisterhood was not something that came naturally to me when I was younger. It was in a very, you know, self-judgment place. And I would have friends, but I never had that group of women that I knew I was super connected with. And Mm -hmm. it really wasn't until I made this shift within myself where I opened up to receive and give love, Mm -hmm. where it became really natural and, and women wanted to be around me. And I opened up space for that. So It starts with the personal journey. It starts with creating a vision for yourself of what you're wanting to create and then doing things that you like to do, trying new things, whether it's going to workshops or whether it's reaching out to other women online who are going through similar, similar challenges and you can create the space. That's what I've done. So the mastermind that I'm in with Tori, uh, you know, I reached out to a few women who are solopreneurs in the health and wellness and spiritual space who are doing amazing things who are inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. And I suggested, you know, Hey, would you guys like to get together for, let's try this out. Let's see how it feels. You know, I feel like we would be a really good fit for us to connect. Mm -hmm. And if you're genuine and you're authentic and you're open, and also if you don't take things personally, like maybe not everyone wants to do it, but that's like being not attached to it is also a huge part. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love the way you answered that question because I think what you showed is that we have um, more like power in this than we might realize. Like we could go around and going back to our victim part of this conversation and being like, you know, where where are my sisters? Like, where's where's my tribe at? And we can you know be like, you know, poor me. Where are all the where are all my friends? Or we can set that really clear intention of calling in more like-minded women, men or women, mm-hmm. into your tribe uh, and building this sisterhood in a really conscious way and being the creator of our reality versus um, that, yeah, that victim mentality that I think that, uh, you know, no, no one needs to feel shame for for feeling that way but I think just maybe like know that there is a way out of that victim mentality and you can empower yourself to then be a conscious creator instead um 
yeah, I think that there is a lot, a lot of people out there and I've again resonate with this of just kind of walking around more aimlessly without that clear intention. So to define that intention and get super crystal clear, everything starts to flow so much more easily. And like, I don't know about you, but I'm like, let things be easy. Like I want ease in my life. Uh, Is there a way that you or like an intention setting process that you have in your life? Yeah, I started, you know, by asking myself the question, what do I really want? And sitting with that, what brings me joy? What do I want my life to look like? And I used other people who were inspiring to me. If you don't know what you want, that's okay. Mm -hmm. If you see something in someone else and maybe you're even comparing yourself to them and you're like, oh, I don't have that or she can have that, but I can't, use that as inspiration. Use them as expanders to show you what's possible. Lacey Phillips uses that term expanders. Mm -hmm. So our mirror neurons show us what's possible. It shows us what's possible for us when we see other people doing it. So one of my biggest inspirations is Melissa Ambrosini Mm -hmm. and Gabrielle Bernstein and um, Rebecca Campbell and really looking at these beautiful examples of women who are sharing their gifts with the world. And so if you don't know what you want, borrow borrow what you see and and sit and write in your journal what do I really want. And then from there, I create what I call a vision statement. And this is all stuff that I do with my clients too, is I take what I really want. And then the vision statement is writing it as if it's happening now. Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, I wake up in the morning feeling energized and excited about my day and I surround myself with really inspiring women and feel fully supported and I share my gifts with my world, with the world on a daily basis and mm-hmm. I make X amount of money and I do that by doing things that I love and whatever that looks like. I travel a certain amount of times per year. It's got to be really tangible and when you read it, it gets to feel good. Mm-hmm. when it feels good, that puts us in the energetic vibration to be in a space of attracting those things. Yeah. So same thing with vision boards. Vision boards are great. I'm looking at mine right now. Mm-hmm. And what happens when I look at it is it feels really good for me. Yeah. And that's how we get into law of attraction of attracting the things that we want the most. So mm-hmm. to, to rewind and do a step-by-step process, the first thing is asking yourself, what do I really want? And maybe it's starting to look at what don't I want mm-hmm. and, and start there and that's okay. And start to do more of the things that light you up, that bring you joy and start to do less of the things that don't do that for you. Yeah. And then creating a vision statement and reading it every single day. I rewrote my vision statement for months before I actually took action and, and really created, manifested what I, what I wanted in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on today or anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? Mm, Yeah, I would just love to share that wherever you are in your journey, your health journey, your spiritual journey, um, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And if you're listening to this podcast, it means that you're already seeking out and committed to finding ways to grow and to learn. So you are on your journey already. You're exactly where you're supposed to be and you are perfectly whole as you are. You don't need anything outside of you to fix you or change you. So you're only adding to 
to, you know, getting the stuff out of the way that's getting in your way and coming back to who you truly are. So that's the first thing that I would say is really, I, I acknowledge you for being where you're at right now and, and you're exactly where you're supposed to be on your journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the second is, I would say, creating time each day to listen whether it's, you know, for me, it's 20 minutes meditation, whether it's going outside in nature, but if we don't listen, we can't hear the answers. We can't hear our truth. And if we just stay busy and run all over that, then we don't make space for, for what we're truly seeking, which is our truth. So um, making space for that is really, I think, essential for any healing journey and, and spiritual journey. It is. And, and thank you for reminding all of us that, of that too. I think that we just can't hear that enough, that it's, it's okay to stop and listen and, and not be that do, 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 uh, go, go, go woman, like you're talking about before, even in the masculine and the uh, feminine energy as well. And just like allowing ourselves to embrace stillness. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on the show today, Amy. Can you just let the listeners know also where to find you, follow you, join you in any of your programs? Yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed sharing time with you today, being here with you. And I know that this will resonate, you know, even if you take one thing away from today, my, my invitation to you is to implement. There's so much information and I found myself doing this so much as like listening to so many things, reading so much. And I think the information overload sometimes keeps us stuck. So take one thing that you learned today and implement it for 30 days and see what happens. And you can find me on Instagram at Spiritual Nutritionist. I also have my website, spiritualnutritionist.com. Send me a message just to say hi. I would love to connect with you. And my next program specifically for entrepreneurs, healers, and coaches is going to be starting in February. So um, there'll be a limited amount of spots, six to eight women in that program. So if you're curious about that, want to learn more, I'd be happy to, to connect with you and hear where you're at, see if it's a good fit. Thank you again, Amy. You have a beautiful, grounded energy. And and thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. As always, I am so appreciative of all of you. Really, truly, I'm so grateful for you. If you are loving the Healing Uncensored podcast, I would appreciate it so much if you would go into iTunes and leave a heartfelt review. Thank you again for listening today. And if you want to find any more information about Amy, there are all, all the links are in the show notes. I will see you next time. Have a beautiful rest of your day.